Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Counseling on the Force Center podcast feed, the show that believes absolutely every part of Star Wars is great from a certain point of view. I am your host. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. We are recording, as always, live to tape. So if you hear any throat clearings, any moments where I it sounds like I'm just staring off into the distance, the horizon, the twin suns of my imagination, well, 
That's what happens here on Star Wars Counseling. You might also hear a brief pause where uh, I sip some whiskey. When I said we at the beginning of the recording, I'm alone with a small glass of whiskey. As always, my whiskey and I are excited to dig into some Star Wars grievances that you listeners have kindly sent in. I love these uh, little things that trouble you. Sometimes they are small things. Sometimes there are logic flaws. Sometimes there are continuity errors. Sometimes they're just something that stick in your Star Wars craw. Today's episode, we have two great grievances. Uh, You get to decide which is the master grievance and which is the uh, apprentice grievance. But these are both saga-themed. These are Skywalker grievances. And I'm excited to dig in. So, our first grievance comes from Ventress87 at Ventress87, I'm sure. That is this person's real name. Great question. One that actually troubles me. Ventress87 asks, How can Leia tell Luke in Return of the Jedi that she remembers her mother? Help me at Joseph Scrimshaw. You're my only hope. That is very, very kind. Uh, I will try to be hopeful for you. So as I mentioned, this is a grievance that also bothers me. I think I brought it up on one of the Force Center main shows recently as one of the few things in continuity that actually just does bother me. So thank you for this great opportunity to counsel myself. So first off, let's uh, lay some groundwork. We know that Luke does ask specifically about Leia's real mother. So Leia is well aware, of course, that she is adopted at this point. She's not aware of the rest of her family history, but she's about to find out. So we know that she can't be talking about her adoptive mother, Brea Organa. Leia also answers, she died when I was very young, and so far we're okay, because that is technically true. Padme Amidala died when Leia was very very young, just born. Uh, it might, it might even work or help us a little if Leia was born first, but no, she was born second after Luke. So technically, she had like three to five seconds fewer to remember her mother than Luke. So we don't even get any help from birth order. But luckily, it's not like Leia goes on a huge monologue. What she says has always been, like, very beautiful, very poetic, almost. It's one of the reasons that I think I and many other Star Wars fans like this scene. Leia says what she remembers is images, really. Feelings. I think that's going to be important, so put a pin in those feelings. And then she says what I think is a, a fine line of writing from Return of the Jedi. She was very beautiful, kind, but sad. And at that point, when we kind of knew nothing else about Vader's uh, or Anakin Skywalker's uh, wife or baby mama, space baby mama, that all made sense. We know that the person she was talking about was the mother of Luke and Leia. Uh, Leia is certainly beautiful. I think Luke is beautiful, both physically and emotionally. And it would make sense that uh, the mother of the Skywalker twins was indeed kind, because there is a evident, clear kindness in Luke, and there is obviously a kindness in Leia that is buried under her tough exterior. She is fighting the rebellion because she cares, much like Luke cares. We know Luke cares because he says, I care. And it ties in really, really well with what we already know about Anakin Skywalker, that he used to be good. So, of course, he would be married or partnered with a person who is kind. And then we get the kicker, but sad. 
kind, but sad. It makes a ton of sense that the partner of Anakin Skywalker and the mother of these twins who needed to be separated and hidden would be sad. And I think all of these descriptions, very beautiful, kind, but sad, does capture how Padme was feeling towards the end of her life. So in an emotional, intuitive kind of way, everything that Leia says makes perfect sense. It just doesn't work with the timeline because she doesn't get a chance to know her real mother. Luke says that he doesn't know his real mother, that he has no memory of her. Maybe Luke was just a real spacey baby and Leia had just that split second to really be aware of her mom, which sounds like a joke, but is actually my Star Wars counseling. Here we go. We know that Leia is very sensitive to connections within the Force, that her gift in the Force is to be intuitive. She senses Luke hanging off that weather vane on Bespin. She intuits that she is Luke's sister as soon as Luke tells her in this very scene we're discussing. She says, I know, somehow I've always known. And it's not just in the movies. This pops up a lot in the great Claudia Gray novel Bloodline that Leia tried to train a little bit in the Jedi arts that Luke taught her to just breathe and calm down, which, side note, that's a cool connection to the Last Jedi trailer, that that's Luke's go-to force instruction is just deep breaths. But we also learn in Bloodline that the formal training in the Jedi arts never really made sense to Leia, never really stuck, but she knew that she could use the force to sense things. There's a important plot point in Bloodline that if you haven't read it yet, that is essential that Leia is a force user in that she senses things. But everything we've seen in the movies is, in a lot of times in novels and comic books, is Leia being very, very intuitive about force-sensitive people, about force-sensitive events, and about people who she cares about, her family, people that she's close to, her found family. So this is my headcanon for this strange kind of continuity error. I think Leia is remembering images she saw of her mother when she, Leia, was very young. And those images were not actually real images, but rather things that young, untrained, Force-sensitive Leia Organa saw through the Force. Images of a woman she didn't quite know, but somehow also knew very, very well. Images of a woman who is beautiful, kind, but sad. Now, I am not suggesting that Padme retained her existence within the Force. That's crazy talk, of course. That's a whole nother discussion uh, that we can maybe have on Star Wars Counseling someday about exactly how... Force ghosting works. I shouldn't say force ghosting because that just sounds like Obi-Wan Kenobi isn't going to call you back. You know what I'm saying. But the more I think about it, the more I I like this idea that Leia as a young child would get these images, maybe even dreams. A great thing about all of the Star Wars content that's coming out is we get to explore uh, characters like Leia that we have known for years that she is force sensitive, but exactly 
how these powers express themselves, how much they're attached to her father. Now that we've got to know Padme better through uh, the movies and arguably even more through the Clone Wars animated series, we know a lot more about uh, Padme as a character. So what traits have Leia and Luke picked up from them? And we know that Anakin, Anakin was a dreamer. So maybe Leia even saw visions in dreams of her mother, Padme. Maybe she drew some of her strength from this strong, resilient, beautiful, kind, but sad woman. Maybe she even had visions of her father. Maybe on some strange night, as Leia went to bed, she had a dream, an inexplicable dream. Her heart was filled with happiness, but also a sense of foreboding, as she saw a vision of a handsome young Jedi Knight and a young senator riding strange, big cow-butt creatures through a field, and she was filled with a sense of belonging and connection, but also, yes, inevitable sadness. So that is my sincere, honest Star Wars counseling that Leia is indeed Familiar with Padme because she saw her through the power of the Force. However, I do have a little bit more of a comedy answer. Now, this is also wide open in canon right now. It is possible that Leia did have her mother, Padme, Amidala around. We know that Padme Amidala had doubles. She had a lot of doubles to the point where the word doubles is dumb, because doubles is two. So I guess doubles plural is more than two. I am not good at math. But it is fun to imagine that Padme actually sent one of her handmaidens, or even one of her handmaidens decided for herself, I am going to go and I am going to sit with young Leia Organa, even though she's been adopted, I am going to sit with her when she is very, very young, and I am going to fill her mind with images of what her mother looked and felt like emotionally. So it could be that Leia thinks that her mother, her real mother, actually did survive a few years into Leia's young life because it wasn't Padme. It was uh, Sabe? Sade? It wasn't Corday. Corday died. I need to look up my handmaidens. Let's just make up a handmaiden since we're having fun. Borde. Let's say Borde. So those are my two Star Wars counseling options for you about why Leia can tell Luke in Return of the Jedi that she remembers her mother. Either she had force visions of the true spirit of Padme Amidala as she lived in life, or Padme's handmaiden that we have never met, named Borde, stood over young Leia and filled her mind with images of her true mother. Ventress87, I hope that helped you a little bit. It actually helped me a lot. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. 
Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. And with that, I take a sip of my whiskey. Ah. This grievance comes from Scott Ring at Scott James Ring. This also relates to the Skywalker family, and it also comes from Return of the Jedi. Scott says, So what exactly was the plan to rescue Han in Return of the Jedi? So this is a great grievance because this is one where there's clearly a little bit of a logic problem. And I'm not going to talk for you, Scott Ring. I don't know if this bugs you on an emotional level. This is one of those grievances that's fun to ponder, but has never actually, like, emotionally troubled me. It hasn't kept me up at night. It has actually kept me up at night trying to think through the logic of it all, but it doesn't bother me on that emotional level. So I'll be interested. Listeners, let me know if this is one that is stuck in your craw on a practical level or on a deep emotional level. I spent some time thinking about this, Scott, and I tried to walk through it all, so here we go. It definitely feels like Luke put this plan together not to make sense in the actual fictional world of the Star Wars galaxy, but he put this plan together so it would unravel in the most cool 
fist-pumping, narratively-pleasing way possible. He set up a plan that had the most opportunities for the audience to cheer. So one incredibly strange bit of Star Wars counseling is maybe Luke Skywalker is so powerful in the Force that he knows he's in a movie and he wanted to concoct a plan that would allow us to cheer as all of our favorite characters showed up in cool ways to Jabba's Palace. I don't even buy that one myself. I just wanted to throw it out there. There's always the possibility in these kind of instances where R2 is close at hand and we go back to George Lucas saying that not only are the droids sort of the heroes of the story ultimately, the uh, audience's gateway entry into the Star Wars story, but maybe R2 and 3PO are telling this story and maybe they are not reliable narrators. Another bit of Star Wars counseling for this particular uh, issue then is that R2 is indeed an unreliable narrator. But I don't entirely buy that one myself either. So let's just walk through the plan itself and see if it makes any sense. See if we can figure out where Luke Skywalker was coming from when he made the plan to rescue Han Solo from the clutches of that vile gangster Jabba the Hutt. So our first bit of information is 3PO walking down the dusty road of Tatooine towards Jabba's palace, and he says that Lando and Chewie never returned from this horrible place. And that is, of course, the first wrinkle, because when we join the story at Jabba's palace as an audience, Lando is there, but Chewbacca is not. But this is easy. That one's easy to answer, because 3PO is often just full of crap. If you tell 3PO a tiny bit of information, he's a worrier. He will spin it into the most bleak version of whatever you just told him. It's also possible that 3PO is told bits and pieces of the plan, but not really. 3PO does not get a lot of respect unless what he has been asked for is to crunch some actual hard numbers or maybe once or twice actually interpret a different language. R2, on the other hand, is very well aware of what the plan is. As always, R2 is aware of almost more than anyone else in the story. So we go to not what 3PO thinks the plan is, but what the actual events were. Lando was sent in undercover. And right there, that's a very interesting story to be told someday. We know that Lando is a scoundrel. We know that Lando probably had dealings with Jabba or some of Jabba's henchmen. So how exactly did Lando get undercover? Is this the undercover story where he waited outside, he beat up a guard, and then he took that guard's clothes, and apparently it's a guard that no one in the palace likes because they don't bother to notice that he's now a different person? That's one way. Or it's fun to think of it from a real-world perspective, like does Jabba have an HR department? Does Bib Fortuna sit down and interview candidates for skiff guard jobs? Did Lando actually have to bullshit his way through an interview? He certainly could. Regardless, Lando got himself there wearing the clothing of a guard. Uh, Surprise, surprise, it's Lando Calrissian in disguise. I am quoting an action figure commercial from over 30 years ago. Fun. Anyway, 3PO and R2 arrive and give themselves to Jabba. They, of course, play the message from Luke. Luke is following some Jedi tradition here. He is trying to avoid conflict with a peaceful resolution, and he's lying a little bit, which Jedi tend to do. 
I say he's lying because I don't think he has any intention to actually give 3PO and R2 to Jabba. I think if Jabba was like, yeah, it sounds like a fair deal. I'll take the droids. You take Han Solo. A, Luke could not think that Jabba would actually go for that. And B, I don't think Luke would go for that. Luke is attached to these droids. As we have already covered in this episode, Luke cares. I mean, sure, he maybe has invested in in a little bit more being selfless and uh, the ideas of sacrifice as he furthers himself in the study of what it is to be a Jedi. But R2 and 3PO mean the world to him. At the end of this scene, he's going to say, make sure you don't forget the droids. I'm paraphrasing, but you know what I mean. So it's interesting that 3PO and R2 are being put in place as cogs in a plan, but also possibly as a peaceful resolution. So, like, maybe the plan was, what if Jabba just says, yeah, sure, I, I've punished Solo enough, you you go ahead and take this big carbonite brick, and uh, I'll hang on to these droids. Maybe the droids were going to sneak out, or maybe Luke was then going to have a secondary plan to rescue the droids. More on that later. So at this point... We've got Lando in disguise, ready to go. We've got R2 prepped and ready to help with whatever. He's got the lightsaber locked and loaded and ready to go. And then also, 3PO is there. 3PO, if you'll excuse the Hamilton reference, is the end Peggy of this plan at this point, because 3PO doesn't know what the plan is. He is totally ignorant and just suffering. It's hard out there for a 3PO. Next up, we have more great plan action. Now, now we send in the mighty Chewbacca, who 3PO had been under the impression was already there, but 3PO was wrong. So the mighty Chewbacca is there, disguised as a prisoner, second only in the hierarchy of what you should disguise yourself as in Star Wars. It goes Stormtrooper, then Prisoner. So Chewbacca's in good company. And then third on the list, but it should be higher, is disguised as a bounty hunter in one of the most awesome moments of the original trilogy leia organa is disguised as a bounty hunter and this bounty hunter is of course named bush bausch bush no one to my knowledge and as always i could be incorrect no one knows the correct pronunciation of this bounty hunter's name so i just like to say bush bausch bush anyway awesomeness ensues as you all know now in theory This was also where the plan could stop, because there is a world where Leia did exactly what we saw in the film. She snuck in at night, she got Han out of the carbonite, and she was going to get him out of there. Now, that does encourage the question, if Jabba had not been on to them, possibly woken by wind chimes, I mean, that kind of bothers me too. I don't know if I need to get off into this side discussion, but, you know... The thieves, the scum, the villainy, the bounty hunters hanging out in Jabba's palace. They've been drinking and partying all day. And then wind chimes wake them? As somebody who has had too much alcohol at times, wind chimes don't wake me. Anyway, we are probably getting into Joseph Scrimshaw counseling and not Star Wars counseling, so let's get back to the point. There is a world where Leia and Han sneak out careful not to bump into the wind chimes again. And then what does that mean for Lando, 3PO, R2, Chewbacca, who is rotting in a cell in the basement of this basement? Maybe that was the plan, that Leia gets Han out 
And then somehow Lando knows this. So then Lando goes and quietly unlocks the cell and gets out with Chewbacca. Maybe it is just a whole series of people sneaking out quietly at night. And then R2 leaves. And then everybody's like, oh, damn, we forgot 3PO. And then they all have to come back in. Could be that. Anyway, as we all know, none of this worked. Now, at this point, to review the plan, I think Lando is there just in case for whatever. R2 is in place with the lightsaber should it come to that. 3PO is just being tormented and wallowing in ignorance and fear. Leia attempted actively to get Han out, but none of this has worked. Which I'm going to guess either Luke can sense, or maybe even R2 is communicating with him. So at this point, Luke says, All right, I have tried several layers of this plan, and now it is time to go full Jedi. Now, my theory of Jedi philosophy is that we know that it should be the powers of a Jedi should only be used for knowledge and defense. But at a certain point, a Jedi runs into conflict quite often, uh, negotiating with the lightsaber, as Anakin says, over dinner. And in general, the Jedi process seems to be, I warn you verbally, maybe I warn you verbally again. This is sounding like the uh, information I got when I worked at Kinko's about the information you needed to give coworkers before you could fire them. Anyway, at least two verbal warnings, a minimum of two verbal warnings. Then you cut off a hand, preferably a hand, other limbs. Jedi are free to make these limb decisions in the field. And then you just got to go. You got to cut off the head. So that is my interpretation of Jedi philosophy. It's warning, warning, hand, head. Warning, warning, hand, head. And I think we see this play out a little bit here at Jabba's palace. So Luke comes in. This is all amazing. This is the end of the plan in a way because nothing else worked out. So Luke's got to come in and take care of everything. And in fact, as we know, after a little side adventure with the Rancor and making Malakili cry, Luke and Han and Chewie and Lando all end up on a skiff being floated out to the great pit of Carcoon to be fed to the Sarlacc. And Luke says the thing that I think inspires this Star Wars grievance. He says to Han, I've taken care of everything. And Han reacts much like the audience. Okay, So I think there are a couple things that Luke could mean by I've taken care of everything. He could mean in an effort to be a good Jedi and only use my powers for knowledge and defense, I have slowly but surely sent every single one of our friends, except Wedge, screw him, I guess, one by one into Jabba's lair. I have sent them in an effort to defuse this situation without actual violent conflict. I've offered a gift. I've offered an exchange program. I tried to sneak you out, but now it just has to be conflict. Or, by I've taken care of everything, Luke could mean, I went, and I went to Dagobah. I trained to become a Jedi Knight. 
I had a little bump here where I confronted Darth Vader and learned he was my father, but that's a story for another time. Anyway, then I realized the errors of my way, running away from my training, rushing off to save you, and only needing to be saved myself. And then I went and I spent some time in Obi-Wan Kenobi's hut, and I did some meditating, and I really trained up on all the stuff that Yoda and Obi-Wan have told me all of these years, and I am really damn close to being a Jedi Knight. I can take all these guys by myself. After all of this meditation, all of this training, not only can I feel the force, I can use it. It obeys my commands, and I obey its commands. I am a Jedi. I've taken care of everything by being a Jedi. So two different interpretations. Either, look, I threw everything else at it, and then I came in to solve it myself, or don't worry, the force will take care of it. Trust in the Force. Regardless of which thing Luke means, he then gives Jabba some more verbal warnings. Uh, free us or die. It's a very clear verbal warning. It is not listened to, and then he has no choice but to truly put the ultimate plan in action. And really, this part of the plan is very cool. If, in fact, this is the entire plan, if the entire plan was just I will wait until the key dramatic moment, and then R2 will send me my new green lightsaber, and then I will cut down every bounty hunter and scumbag in my path. That would be a cool enough plan. He has taken care of almost everything by doing that. And in a way, I do think it is his ultimate plan. I have my lightsaber nearby. Maybe that's what he meant by, I've taken care of everything. Maybe he just meant, I hit a lightsaber in R2's head. And it is, ultimately, a cool plan. in a plan that works to just get your lightsaber and go to town. But from a practical point, from a strategic point, no, it's not a good plan. No, I had to use my high squeaky voice. No, not a good plan at all. But... Here's a little bit of Star Wars counseling about this plan. It is a very Jedi plan. It is a very Obi-Wan Kenobi plan. It actually matches up with a lot of the things that we see Obi-Wan do or say in the prequels in the Clone Wars animated series. Uh, at one point, there's the great exchange of dialogue where something is obviously a trap, and Anakin asks Obi-Wan what they do, and he says, spring it. That's very much what's going on here, of, of Luke just saying, like, how about if I wade into the middle of it, and just see what happens. It's very similar to Obi-Wan Kenobi and Attack of the Clones, just going into the Outlander Club and knowing, I'll just put myself almost literally in the middle of the room, standing at the bar. I will make myself stand out, and that will draw out Zam Wessel. That will draw out the problem. It's a philosophy that you see Obi-Wan engage in again and again in the Clone Wars animated series, that if he sees a problem, his first step in solving it is to just stick his face in the middle of it. And it almost always works out, because he has his lightsaber and trusts the Force. So this really could be Luke embracing the philosophy of the Jedi. You don't need to have a plan. You don't need to premeditate. You don't need to have your eyes on the horizon, on the future. Just be in the moment, trust in the Force, and if everything goes wrong make sure your lightsaber is nearby. So the plan 
does work. Luke wipes out almost everyone himself. Uh, Han, of course, takes out Boba Fett. We're not going to speak about that at this moment. Chewie throws some skiff guards around. Lando wrestles one guy. R2 zaps Salacious Crumb. And, of course, Leia kills Jabba the Hutt. So, once again, Luke's faith in the Force and his friends does pay off. Now, all of that said, Luke probably could have just snuck in there once with all of his friends and holding his lightsaber outright, and they probably could have either snuck or fought their way through with all of them armed to the teeth and a Jedi Knight at his full powers, possibly one of the most powerful Jedi Knights who have ever existed in the galaxy, they might have been okay without an elaborate plan, just like, hey, we're all real powerful and good with blasters and lightsabers, let's just walk in there and get him in the middle of the night. That might have been a better plan, but it would not have been the Jedi way. It would not have been warning, warning, handhead. It would have just been stroll in and murder. Also, it would not have been anywhere near as fun and as cool And I think that Star Wars certainly embraces when it comes to physics, the physics of science fun. And this is definitely something that uh, embraces the narrative power of fun, of the reveal. But the best counseling I can give on what this plan actually was, what is Luke's plan, which was Scott's original question, I think his plan was to try to diffuse to try to send in backups so when something went wrong, he was not alone. He was surrounded by his friends and then ultimately just get a lightsaber and start swinging. One last bit of Star Wars counseling for this plan. Maybe we are looking at it the wrong way. Maybe we are looking at it as this mystery of Luke says he's taking care of everything. Luke is our hero. Luke has just become a Jedi Knight at least in his power level. So we assume that there is a good plan in there to be found. But maybe that's the secret. Maybe it just is a very bad plan. Maybe Luke's got a lot on his mind. It's fun to imagine. Maybe Luke and Leia were talking about this, and Leia drew up an actual good plan, being a good strategist. And then he, Luke, just pulled uh, pulled down a little uh, holographic, and he illustrated this plan, and Leia stared at him like he was insane, and he was like, no, 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 just trust me, because the Force. And Leia said, all right, your plan makes no sense, but you're going to have a lightsaber nearby, right? And Luke was like, yep, thumbs up. And so she trusted her brother, who she sensed was her brother, but didn't know verbally, out loud, cognitively, yet. In my mind, this is basically the opposite of that great scene in The Force Awakens with Finn and Han. This is how the Force works. Finn suggests, if we have no other good, actual, practical, strategic plan, we'll just use the Force. And Han says to him, that's not how the Force works. Well, maybe this scene in Return of the Jedi is the mirror image, the poetry of that scene from The Force Awakens, where Luke says, I, I, I don't really have a good plan. We're just going to, let's uh, just all of us go in there in different ways. And then if none of that works, I'll use the force. And so he did. Not a great plan. It's a nonlinear plan. It's a confusing plan. And a lot of people died. But hey, 
they were warned repeatedly. Anyway, Scott Ring, thank you for the fun question. It was a great delight to walk through that in my mind with such detail and fun. And I hope that that bit of Star Wars counseling helped you a little bit. As always, if you have grievances of any kind, it can be logic flaws, it can be plot holes, it can be a character line of dialogue, anything that eats at your soul, go ahead and let me know. You can send in your Star Wars counseling grievances at Twitter at our Force Center Pod account on Twitter, and then please use the hashtag SWCounseling so then I can find your grievances with great ease, with an ease that is the total opposite of Luke Skywalker's plan in Return of the Jedi. Star Wars Counseling comes out every other Friday. There is much more to come as the Star Wars galaxy expands and expands. There will be more and more that keeps us awake at night. Awake at night like Leia possibly dreaming of her beautiful, kind, but sad mother, while Borde also stands over her bedside. Thank you all so much for listening. Thank you for supporting the Force Center podcast feed. We have so much more coming. We've got a fun announcement coming up. We've got a special episode planned for May the 4th, Star Wars Day. So keep listening. Keep sharing the podcast and telling your friends about it. We really appreciate it. You can find me on all the social medias at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can like Force Center on Facebook and follow us on Twitter as at Force Center Pod. And until next time, as Han Solo once said in a moment of brutal honesty... I don't know how we're going to get out of this one. That's it for Star Wars Counseling. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.